Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? It is the best day of the week. Happy Friday to everybody. Thanks for joining me as always. It is much appreciated. Let's have some Friday fun with my first annual late February mock draft. Yes, I came up with that title all by myself. The first annual late February mock draft by the Nick Cattle Show. I do want to drop a note here first, though. So we talked about free agency earlier this week, and I gave you my free agency plan on the offensive side of the football. Not everybody is perfect. I messed up. I forgot to include Kendrick Bourne. As I've been saying since late in the season, I would not mind having Kendrick Bourne back. I would go out and re-sign Bourne. I think he is very good for a third-slash-fourth receiver, good leader. Obviously, coming off of the ACL, hopefully he quickly heals. But I realized this morning, damn, I had Bourne on my roster, but I didn't even talk about him during the free agency podcast. So, that's my bad. That's my fault. Let's include Bourne. Speaking of Bourne, uh, he's at Gillette this morning. His agent on Instagram posted himself and Bourne going to the facility. And there was a song that was being played that had to do with uh, money by Migos. So maybe a deal gets done today. I would be perfectly fine. I would be happy if Kendrick Bourne remains a Patriot. All right. Before the mock, a couple of notes from Mike Reese that I wanted to touch that came out yesterday. Uh, here's what Reese wrote about the Patriots draft. Scouts view the 2024 quarterback class along with offensive tackle as deeper than some previous years. I wonder if that means anything. I wonder if that means anything, right? Like, it's interesting to me that Reese doesn't bring up wide receiver. I mean, we all think that wide receiver is particularly deep, but does this tell us something? If the scouting staff of the Patriots feel like offensive tackle and quarterback are deeper than usual, does that mean they're more willing to wait on those positions than they would be? Does that hint towards a possible Marvin Harrison Jr. at three? Or does it tell us that, you know, the wide receiver class, everybody knows that it's deep, but it's deep almost every year. So they might not have the urgency to look at receiver in the first round. I find it interesting. Does it mean they would lean towards Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or does it mean that they're willing to trade down because they think tackling quarterback is deeper than usual? And they think, hey, it won't hurt us if we move down from three to eight or even 11. Out in Minnesota, there's a rumor that the Patriots were, 
you know, talking to the Vikings and the Vikings actually initiated that conversation to see if the Patriots would be open to trading the third pick. So those talks have already begun. And next week, get ready. There is going to be a bunch of stuff flying around next week. The NFL Combine, we're going to see all of these stories. Beware of the smoke screens. Reese also wrote, one high-ranking Patriots executive recently shared the organization's belief that without the right coach and quarterback, it will be a long road back to respectability. Now, that's not news. I think everybody understands. To be respectable in the NFL, you need a good head coach and you need a good quarterback. That's where you begin. But I wonder, you know, free agency will tell us a lot about what the Patriots are planning to do at quarterback. If the Patriots are aggressive and they go out there and chase a Kirk Cousins, then we know they don't like anybody in the draft enough to draft them at three. If they're not necessarily showing urgency at the quarterback position, then that should tell us that they have their eyes on a quarterback at number three. So free agency is going to lead us to the answer inevitably in late April. That's I love the NFL calendar. I love the fact that you have free agency first, and then you have the draft. You can address some needs with money, and then you go into the draft knowing exactly what to expect and what you need and what you need to do to get what you need on that roster, right? Do I have to move down? Can I move down? Can I move up? All those things. You start with free agency, which I absolutely love. So we will start getting some kind of intel and information next week during the combine. And when free agency hits, we will start figuring out what this plan is by Elliot Wolf. And I can't wait. I cannot. I'm so excited for this offseason. I'm so excited for free agency. I'm so excited for the draft. This is an opportunity for the Patriots to do some real damage. How about Mac Jones? Well, Mike Reese wrote about Mac Jones, high-ranking team officials, plural, officials, point to several Belichick decisions over the last two years from offensive coaching changes to regrettable personnel moves that contributed to sabotaging Jones's development and crushing his confidence. Some within the organization seem hopeful Jones can make a U-turn in New England, but that hardly seems unanimous, which means Jones would have to win over many people. So if you're wondering about Mac Jones and his future, there are some in this organization that believe that Mac Jones, he he can find a way to have a quote-unquote U-turn here with the Patriots. I found it interesting that Reese told us that His sources were high-ranking team officials. My guess, and this is just a guess, people, my guess is that's the Crafts. My guess, the Crafts still believe in Mac. Robert still believes in Mac. And they want to get it out there that he's not a lost cause. Now, maybe they're doing that because they truly want him to return and they believe in him. Or, again, it's silly season. Everybody's full of it. Smoke screens are flying. This also could be a way to try to build value within Mac Jones. Oh, the team thinks. The team thinks that he's redeemable. The team thinks he can make a U-turn. High-ranking executives feel like he can come back and be productive for the Patriots. So maybe the Patriots won't be willing to give Mac Jones away for just anything. So we always have to think about why things are being leaked and at what time are they being leaked. So I think the crafts are hopeful. I don't know if the football people are. And the fact that Reese said that Mac would have to win over many people, I just don't think he has the time to do that. I mean, you're you're less than a month away from free agency. You're just over two weeks away from free agency. You are two months away from the draft. 
it's not like Mac is going to be out there on the football field proving that he's gotten over some of the things that we saw last year. So he just doesn't have enough time, I think, to win over this front office and this coaching staff. There's no way to me that you can commit, that you can commit to Mac Jones based off of how he was doing in the gym in a few conversations, not after what you saw last year. Speaking of the draft, we'll get to our first annual late February mock draft in a minute. Don't forget, though, to like and subscribe. Give us that thumbs up. Every thumb means the world to us. I say this all the time. Take a split second of your time on this Friday. Give us that thumbs up. And what happens is likes in the YouTube world, they uh, they actually help us. YouTube, the algorithm, that's how we punch it in the face. By liking the show, commenting, subscribing. Over 2,000 subscribers. I thank all of you for that. So don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review on Spotify and Apple Pods. All right. It's mock draft time. Let's get into the mock draft. So my pick at number three is Drake May. I start this draft off with Drake May, North Carolina quarterback. He is the perfect fit for Alex Van Pelt's offense. Alex Van Pelt's offense attacks the middle of the football field. And Drake May is the best quarterback prospect out of Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and in, in, in May. He's the best quarterback prospect attacking the middle of the field. He is very, very productive, and he's very good at attacking the middle of the field. Drake May has a high ceiling, and I understand there are some issues, right? I understand there are some issues with Drake May. Sometimes he makes bad decisions. Sometimes he tries to do too much. You know, sometimes he doesn't have the accuracy, especially to the right side of the field. He has some issues on the arm side of the field, which is interesting. I understand he has some warts, but I think a lot of these quarterbacks every single year will have a wart or two. You're not going to find that perfect prospect. May has the high ceiling. He has the frame. Six foot four, 245, 250. He's a big man. Uh, he's also good at creating plays off platform which in this stage of the NFL in 2024, it's critical to have a quarterback to be able to perform off schedule, off platform, get more than he should out of some plays. And May shows that ability. He shows the ability to make off platform throws and plays. And when you look at pro football focus, I'm going to dive into this hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Pro football focus has a thing they call the stable metrics. And when you look at what May did in those stable metrics, pro football focus would tell you that Drake May is the most stable quarterback prospect in this draft. I'll give you an example. Drake May, second best clean pocket passing grade from pro football focus. So when Drake May had a clean pos uh, passing pocket, he was able to dice defenses. And if you watch Drake May's film, dime after dime after dime this year. I mean, he made some very difficult throws, and he made those throws under, a lot of times, pressure. The offensive line wasn't necessarily great for Drake May. So when you look at what Drake May can do, how it marries to what Alex Van Pelt wants to do, the fact that he is a big guy, he can create off schedule, he has more than enough arm, he can do a lot of things well. And he's not the perfect prospect, as I said, but I think the supporting cast, he did not have nearly as good of a supporting cast as Jaden Daniels did or Caleb Williams did or Michael Penix did. His offensive line wasn't necessarily great. 
And again, he also changed offensive systems. You look back at 2022, Drake May was going to be the first pick in the draft if he came out. If he was able to come out, he would have been the number one pick in last year's draft. I honestly believe that. It would have been May. It would have been Stroud. It would have been Young. He had at least the opportunity to be the number one pick. Last year, he was ridiculous. And then you got a new offense going on, and then you had some guys leave. A couple wide receivers, Tank Dell left, Josh Downs left. So he did not have as good of a supporting cast. So I'm going Drake May third overall. What do I do? What do I do next? We've talked about Elliot Wolf's network a lot, right? That Elliot Wolf knows a lot of people in the NFL. He has a lot of experience working with people in the front office. He has lots of names in that Rolodex. Do you know who I'm calling next? I draft Drake May. And then the next thing I do if I'm Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith, I pick up the phone and I call old friend John Dorsey. John Dorsey is currently a senior level personnel executive with the Detroit Lions. And I'm calling John Dorsey and I'm offering a trade to John Dorsey. Here's my trade. The New England Patriots trade with the Detroit Lions. The Patriots trade the 34th overall pick, their second round pick, the second pick in the second round. They trade the 34th pick in their fourth round pick for the Detroit Lions number 29 in the first round in their fifth round pick. So the Patriots, if I'm Wolf, I pick up that phone. I call old friend John Dorsey. I want to move up into the late first round. So I'm going to trade my second round pick and fourth round pick for the Lions first round pick and fifth round pick. Now I want to highlight this. The trades that I bring up here, they are more than possible. I'm using the Rich Hill trade value chart. And I went down to the point, people. I literally went down to the point. So off of the Rich Hill trade value chart, this trade works. It's even for both sides. So the Patriots move from 34 to 29. They give up a fourth, and they pick up a fifth. Now, what would I do with that second first-round pick? I've got Drake May at number three. What do I do at number 29? I'll tell you in a minute. But don't forget, give us that thumbs up. The like, the comment, and you subscribing helps this program an awful lot. Don't forget to like and subscribe. With the number 29 pick, I'm going down to Georgia. I've talked to Kirby Smart. I've got all the background information that I need to have on this young man. And I am drafting offensive tackle Amarius Mims. Mims is six foot seven, 330 pounds. Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah, their latest mocks, they have Mims going in the late first round. They believe that this is the area where you can get Mims. So I get Drake May at number three, my franchise quarterback of the future. That's who I'm drafting at number three. I think number two, I think Washington, I think they draft Jaden Daniels. Daniels, I think, has leapfrogged May in this process. A lot of people love Daniels. We know Caleb Williams is going number one. So I've got Drake May at number three as my quarterback, my QB one for the next 10 to 15 years. I make the deal with the Detroit Lions with John Dorsey, Elliott Wolf, John Dorsey, Alonzo Highsmith. They all work together in unison in Cleveland and in Green Bay. I'm making that deal to move up to the late first round, and I'm drafting Mims from Georgia, the six foot seven, 330 pound tackle 
very athletic for his size. He has the ability to create leverage. He's only 21 years old. So Drake May and Mims, both guys only 21 years old. They're young. And you get and you get the opportunity to pick up that fifth-year option. That's the extra year on the contract. So now I have my quarterback. I have my left tackle. The question about Mims, he's only started eight games in his college career. He's raw. But he had a very good showing against Ohio State. And he is a very, very talented, very, very talented offensive tackle. Again, young. Drake May, Amarius Mims. Athleticism. Evolution. All right, so now my quarterback and offensive tackle boxes are checked with two high-ceiling athletes, okay? And the two most pivotal positions I think you need to fill, offensive tackle and quarterback. So I've got those boxes checked. But here's the thing. I just traded my fourth-round pick to the Detroit Lions. And I'm Elliot Wolf, and I want to get back into that fourth round. So what do I do? I pick up the phone again. And I call Chicago. Now, why do I call Chicago? I call Chicago because the Chicago Bears have two fourth-round picks. That works out, right? I have to get back into, I have to get back into the fourth round if I'm the Patriots. And the way to do that is to find a team that has multiple fourth-round picks. So I'm going to call Chicago. And I'm calling the Bears because I want one of those fourth-round picks. So what I do is I trade number 68 and number 163. Okay, so that's that's the, the third round pick and then the fifth round pick that I just got from Detroit. I'm trading those picks to Chicago. So Chicago sends me back 75 and 123. So I move down from 68 to 75 in the third round to pick up that fourth round pick that I traded to the Lions to get that second first-round pick. You follow me? Chicago has two fourth-round picks. So they say to themselves, we get to move up in the third round, we trade one of our fourth-round picks, and we get a fifth-round pick from the Patriots. Again, the Rich Hill trade value chart, that works. So with the 75th pick, again, we got to try to keep this realistic. Would I love people like A.D. Mitchell? Absolutely. I would love A.D. Mitchell. It would be fantastic if I could draft somebody like that. A.D. Mitchell's not going to be around 75. I don't think Roman Wilson is going to be around 75. I do think Jalen McMillan will be there at 75. So I'm drafting Washington wide receiver Jaden McMillan. So Jalen McMillan just worked with Hughes wide receivers coach out in Washington, right? So you have some inside information on McMillan. So I draft wide receiver McMillan from Washington. now. If you read about McMillan, I saw McMillan play a handful of times this year. Dane Brugler of The Athletic has the perfect, I think, perfect comp for McMillan. If you haven't seen McMillan play, Dane Brugler calls him, quote, the juiced up Jacoby Myers. (laughs) The juiced up Jacoby Myers. That sounds pretty good to me in the third round. So I'm drafting Jalen McMillan, the juiced up Jacoby Myers. I'm in on that. Six foot one, 192. Going to have to add some muscle, right? Going to have to add 10 to 15 pounds, hopefully, nutrition program. But he's he's a good size. He has the ability to separate. And to me, he fits within my plan. Remember, my free agency plan, I went out and signed Calvin Ridley. 
Ridley's my wide receiver one. Now I draft Jalen McMillan. He's my wide receiver two. So now I've got Ridley and McMillan as one and two. That leaves me with the fourth round pick. Now, this is when I say it just gets a little crazy. So what I would do is I would go with the best available offensive tackle wide receiver on the board in the fourth round at 123. I'm not going to sit here and guess who could be available at 123. have no idea. Maybe it'll be Corley. Maybe it'll be somebody else. I have no clue. And then I don't have a fifth round pick. So what I would do is I would trade Mac Jones for a fifth round pick and get back into the fifth round. And I would look at tackle, wide receiver, and tight end. Not going to tell you who I would have drafted at 123 because that's a little bit much of a reach. Not going to do a seven round mock. So that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at. Drake May at number three, trading back into the first round, thanks to John Dorsey and the Detroit Lions to draft the Marius Mims at offensive tackle. I'm going with Jalen McMillan in the third round. And I maneuvered myself to still hold on to a fourth. I would go wide receiver if I like one in the fourth round. And then I'm trading Mac Jones for a fifth round pick so I can utilize that pick on a developmental tackle or tight end. That's the mock draft plan. Now, what does my offense look like after free agency earlier this week in the draft today? I'll take a look at that. First, don't forget to like and subscribe. Always appreciate it. Always appreciate the... uh, the likes and the subscriptions and the comments. Also, if you want to jump to the front of the line and tell me my draft was trash, you can do that with a super chat. <laughs> you jump to the front of the line by uh, sending me the uh, super chat. And you also obviously contribute slash donate to the uh, to the program and to me personally. Amstel 54, May can get better. Yes, I do think May can get better. Absolutely believe that Drake May can can get better as he moves along, he's not a finished product. You know, one of the questions, and I, and I really like Jaden Daniels. I, I would not mind Jaden Daniels at three. But one of the questions about Daniels is, you know, he's, he's 23 years old. He's been in college football for a while. And, and how much higher is his ceiling compared to somebody like May or, you know, Caleb Williams even? So Ashton says, I wouldn't trade picks too many holes. Again, that probably came before I, I dropped some more trades. You still get a first-round pick. Second, you get you get two first-round picks, right? You get two first-round picks out of this draft. You get your third-round pick. You get a fourth-round pick. You get a fifth-round pick. So you haven't lost anything. You move down in some instances to move up in other instances. Where are my entertainers? Hopefully, I'm one of them. No chance. Mim's not getting to the late 20s. Again, look, when we're doing a mock draft in late February, a lot of things can change. I mean, it's early. We got two months before something happens, right? Before the draft happens, we got two months. You can have trades. You can have a lot of people going up and down boards. Again, I went off of Daniel Jeremiah, who I highly respect, Mel Kuyper. Both of those guys had Mims at 30 and 32, okay? So they had Mims going after 29. I got Mims at 29. So I didn't just throw it up against the wall. So that's what I would say. I don't know what this is. Again, from where my entertainer is not a passive listener. You stop reading. I don't know what that means. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't remember the uh, height and weight of Jalen McMillan. I can't remember the trades that I cooked up. 
I don't have that great of a memory to say, oh, yeah, uh, number 68 and 163 to Chicago for 75 and 123. <laughs> I'm not a robot. I'm not a freak. I wish I was. So, again, like, comment, subscribe. So what's my team look like? And I know people might sit there and go, oh, Nick, that's not very good. I want more talent. Here's the thing. We've got to be realistic. If you want a realistic look at what a Patriots offseason could be, I think I've given you that. And we can disagree with the players. Everybody has their own opinions. It's all subjective, right? You might not like Calvin Ridley. I think Pittman and T. Higgins, I think both of those guys get franchise tagged. So the next best receiver to me is Ridley. So you might disagree on the player, but I just want to give people a realistic feel. A realistic feel. Where my entertainer says, uh, that wasn't for me. Okay, well, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> so here's what my team would look like. After my free agency, after my mock draft, realistically, you can't sign stars in, in every spot. You're not going to be able to draft every single person you want. Here's what I've got, okay? Your quarterback position. Here's your quarterback room. Drake May, Jacoby Brissett, and Bailey Zappi. Zappi could be cut. He could be kept on the practice squad. You could keep him on the roster as the you know third quarterback emergency guy. Brissett has an injury history, obviously. But my quarterback position after free agency in the draft, Drake May, Jacoby Brissett, and Bailey Zappi. My running back position, Ramondre Stevenson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then you've got whoever you want to go out and get. You can have Kevin Harris there as your third back. You can go out and get a, an undrafted free agent. You can spend money on another, small money on another running back if you'd like. But my running back room is Ramondre Stevenson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Kevin Harris. If you want Ezekiel Elliott back, I wouldn't argue. If you wanted it to be Stevens, Stevenson, Zeke, and you know Harris with a UDFA, a young flyer on a running back, I wouldn't hate it. Wide receiver. Here's my wide receiver position. Calvin Ridley. Jalen McMillan, Pop Douglas, the wide receiver that you drafted in the fourth or fifth round, Kendrick Bourne, and Tyquan Thornton. You give Tyquan Thornton a shot to make the team in camp. If he doesn't show out, you cut him. I'd be ready to move on if he doesn't show anything early in camp. Tight end position, Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, and your developmental tight end from the draft in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, whoever you get. Offensive line, my left tackle. Is Amarius Mims, left guard Cole Strange, David Andrews at center, City So at right guard, and Michael Wenu at right tackle. Your backups to your offensive line, you still got Calvin Anderson on contract, Antonio Maffi, Jake Andrews, and uh, Jermaine Illuminor. So I think that is a realistic 2024 Patriots team. Again, is it going to be competitive? Is that team a playoff team? Probably not, right? But when we look at this idea of who realistically could be on this team, we can, we can again, change some of the players if you'd like. But just the 30,000-foot view, that's what this exercise is for, to give everybody an idea of what your team could realistically look like in 2024. And that's what I've done this week. Drake May, Ramondre Stevenson, Calvin Ridley, Jalen McMillan, Pop Douglas, Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, your offensive line of Mims, Strange, Andrews, So, and Owenu, backed up by Anderson, Mafi, Andrews, Illuminor. So this is just a realistic look. 
Thanks for the super chat, King Cato. 21 again, if you want to uh, jump the line and contribute to the show, uh, you can send a super chat like King Cato 21 did. Is this quarterback class deep or overrated? I do think it's, I do think it's deep. You know, and look, again, I'm not sitting there breaking down the film like Evan Lazar and, and Phil Perry. I don't dig that deep into it. I watch college football every Saturday. I'm a big college football fan. Um, so it, this is more an eye test stuff, thing with me. And I, and I, of course, read and listen to a bunch of stuff when the college season is over to prepare for the draft. So I have a pretty good idea, a pretty good basis, you know, a good foundation on who are the top guys and, and where they could go we get to like the third round i'm not going to sit here and tell you <laughs> like all right this uh this right tackle from you know sheboygan is awesome i i'm not I, I can't do that but i think this quarterback class i do think is deep i do think the top three guys have the potential to be very good at the nfl level does it mean they're all going to hit of course not so I think the quarterback class is deep. Kalen Williams is a legitimate, talented quarterback. Jaden Daniels, I think, is a legitimate, talented quarterback. And I think Drake May is a legitimate, talented quarterback. But every time we talk about quarterbacks, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Drake May or Kalen Williams or Bo Nix or Spencer Rattler, or any of these guys, let's remember what's most important. The team that drafts them handles them the right way. They need to be supported. None of these quarterbacks can walk into an organization in 2024 and carry that team on his back. So you need to do other things really well as the franchise to support and protect your young quarterback to get the most, to get the most out of that quarterback. So I do think, I do think the quarterback class is a deep class. And as I've said, every single draft is different. Every single one is different. Ramsey jumps in with a super chat. Thank you, Ramsey. Uh, we should definitely look into getting tight end Jaheim Bell or McAllen Castles. Would you draft a DB and a CB? Marcus Jones might get a position switch. If you're going at defensive back, what I would do is I would look at free safety, although you could get a free safety in the free agency market. I'd look at free safety. And I look at a boundary corner. I don't hate the idea of moving Jonathan Jones back into the slot. If, you know, if you're not sure about Marcus Jones's position, if you're not sure if he's going to be able to remain healthy because of his smaller frame, Miles Bryant, I think, could come back. I would not be against that. I think Miles Bryant has improved over the last year and a half, and he has positional versatility. He knows what this defense expects out of the secondary. But if we're looking at defensive back, we're looking at cornerback, I say boundary corner and also free safety. Those are the two top spots that I would be targeting. And Alex Austin is somebody that I thought last year showed some flashes. You know, I, I would be, I'd be interested in bringing back Austin. He has some size. He has some athleticism. He picked up the system pretty well. He did make some plays towards the tail end. Now, Bell, I've seen a little bit of Bell. I haven't seen McAllen Castles. I have not seen him play. So, you know, I, I don't have much on, on that guy. But tight end, again, you know, if you look at tight end, I think you're looking at fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, somebody who might be a little rough, rough around the edges. A little rough around the edges. King Cato, again, back with a super chat. Thank you. Second time 
in the last few minutes. Do you think they'll rework JC's contract to keep him across from Gonzo? It all depends, King Cato, on how this coaching staff envisions JC Jackson's attitude, approach, and maturity level. JC Jackson at multiple stops. He was he was not necessarily your prototypical Patriot the first time around in that locker room. There were some issues between him and the coaching staff the first time around. Then when he got out to the West Coast, there was another issue with the Chargers, and he wasn't really beloved in that locker room. And then he came back, and we know what was going on here when you know he didn't show up at the team hotel on a Saturday night. And if 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 he can get straight, and he has admitted, J.C. Jackson has admitted that there's some mental health things going on with him. So first of all, I hope J.C. gets right on a personal level. If he never plays another game of football, I couldn't care less. Hopefully, he gets the mental health straightened out. I've had history with mental health in my family. I've had personally some issues as well from time to time with, with depression and anxiety. So hopefully, as far as his personal life, J.C. gets it together. He gets the help that he needs. Then you talk about football. And I think with Gerard Mayo and this coaching staff, as much as they have stressed King Cato, the idea of, you know, being together, being a team, having the right kind of energy, having leadership on this roster. If Gerard Mayo and those guys, and nobody knows J.C. Jackson better than that staff, right? Gerard's been here for years. Covington's been here for years. Pellegrino has worked with, with J.C. If they feel like on a maturity level basis, and his approach, if they feel like J.C. Jackson is right in the mind, then I would bring J.C. Jackson back, but I would absolutely restructure that contract. It would be a one-year prove-it-to-me deal, incentive-laden. Now, if you get the J.C. Jackson from his first stop with the Patriots, then yes, you could play him opposite of, of Christian Gonzalez. But if you get the Chargers iteration of Jackson or what we saw last year with J.C. Jackson, then I don't I don't think it's it's worth you know sitting around and, and worrying about bringing him back. But again, I, I hope he gets right. I hope he gets right. Flying Elvis jumps in and says, I like the Detroit trade. Why? Because it's possible. Yes, the John Dorsey relationship. The John I don't try to throw these crazy trades out there. You know, I use the trade value chart. I use relationships. Chicago has two fourth round picks, which is why I, I picked the Bears in, in that trade that I made. So that's what you do. All right. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple pods, before we go, before we go, I did want to touch on the Celtics quickly. And I just want to say this. If you follow me on Twitter slash X, it's at Nick C radio right up there, right? Right there. So if you follow me, I actually stool greenie is somebody that I follow. He follows me. You know, we have a relationship, not a friendship or anything, but we go back and forth every once in a grand while. And Stuhl Greeny on Twitter slash X today, he posted a video, it might have been last night, of Jason Tatum, Tatum's post-game press conference. And there is a two-minute and 48-second clip that if you are a Celtics fan, and even if you're not a Celtics fan, but you're a sports fan, go to my ex at Nick C Radio and listen to that two minutes and 48 seconds. Because what you will hear is a very mature Jason Tatum. And talking about winning and talking about subjugating his ego and talking about how he's not going to score as much as he has in the past.
because he's doing other things to help the basketball team. And I want all of you to go and listen to that two minutes and 48 seconds. And I think Boston Sports Radio, both EEI and 98.5, I think every single show between those two stations should play that two minutes and 48 seconds uninterrupted. Because the media, they love jumping on things, and I've been part of the media. They love trying to take a, a word out of something or, or a sentence out of a two-minute clip. And they, they drive it. They drive it. They drive it, right? They speculate. They take leaps. And they say, oh, well, that wasn't good. You know, some people didn't like Jason Tatum saying that, yes, he wants to be the MVP. And he would love to be the MVP. Some would say that was selfish, quote-unquote. So instead of trying to, you know, parse every word and take every single sentence and make it into your own, I hope some in the media here locally, and I would play it for you, but I don't have the technological know-how. I apologize. But I, I want everybody, I want everybody in the media, hopefully, to play this two minutes and 48 seconds because it should make every Celtics fan deliriously happy. Speaking of deliriously happy, it's Friday. I hope all of you have a great weekend. I hope you be safe. Don't be knuckleheads, but enjoy yourself. Good health and all that stuff. If something big breaks, we will be back. I might have a couple of craft beers in me if it happens tonight or tomorrow night. But, you know, I, I will do a breaking news pod if it's if it's worthwhile enough. Okay? If it's worthwhile enough, I will I will do that. And we'll have this conversation over the weekend. But until then, everybody enjoy yourself. Have a fantastic weekend. I'm back on Monday at 11 a.m. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. I appreciate y'all. This has been the Nick Cattle Show.